Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host. I am coming at you live from Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. So glad to have you on this journey where we discover and explore five actionable tips or hacks to help you live your best life. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Special orders, curbside parcel pickup, delivery service, online ordering. We wrote the book on customer service. Well, we didn't write the book on it, but we've been doing that and more since 1946. Check us out. Chuck's Fine Wines, the legendary Chagrin Valley destination for 76 years. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to be doing the podcast, and I'm super excited. I always say that every episode, but I am. I'm always super excited for you to meet our guests, and today that is not an exception. I am super excited for you to meet Jeff Hexter. Jeff, say hi to everybody. Tell us who you are, what you do, and how people can reach you. Hi, everybody. I'm Jeff Hexter. My company is Always Keep Computing, and I work with professionals working from home who have weird computer problems and have run out of people to help them. So I do computer consulting for the home users. When the Wi-Fi is not working, when the printers aren't printing, when their TVs aren't connecting to their Netflix, things like that. Love it. And how can people reach you? Oh, uh, you can call me at my my office number, 216-373-7667, or email me Jeff Hex, J-E-F-F-H-E-X at gmail.com. Those are probably the easiest ways to reach me. Awesome. All right. So what five things are you going to share with us? I'm going to share five secrets that computer experts know, but you may not. I, These love, are things that, I love secrets, so spill it, honey. <laughs> These are things that, that computer people know and that we wish other people knew a little bit about so that it might help them ask better questions or uh, not have some of the problems that we end up fixing. And that first secret, should I start with that first one? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. The first secret is that computers are going to break. All of them, everyone. They don't last forever. We wish they did. You wish they did. They're just, it's not planned obsolescence. It's that everything that moves, spins, slides, or rotates inside of these things is going to fail eventually. And the dirty little secret about that is that hard drives, where a lot of people still store their data, only last about three to five years and then start to have problems. Ooh, I didn't know that. Well, I have a saying. We have a saying at our house. If you have a computer, then you have problems. (laughs) (coughs) And if they didn't, I'd be out of a job. So So the hard drive is only going to last three years. A hard drive, really? I did not know that. Yeah, three to five, uh, it, depending. It doesn't matter whether you turn them on and off. It doesn't matter whether you leave them running continuously for that time. They're going to wear out. And does it matter if it's an internal or external? It really doesn't. Okay. I, although I have found in the past that the components that are used in the external drives may tend to be a little lower quality than some mm. of the ones that I've seen in the internal drives. You get what you pay for, though. Oh, wow. 
Okay. The newer machines have solid state drives. That's a different uh, failure curve. Let's put it that way. Mm. They, they fail differently and nobody really knows how long they're going to last yet. Still okay. too new. Okay. So the, the second secret, and this is, goes along with the first one, laptops generally only last about three years. Believe it or not, especially Windows laptops and those Chromebooks that kids are using in school, opening and closing the hinge, plugging and unplugging the power connector, uh, adding and removing the USB connections. They put wear and tear on, the, on all those ports, on all those connections, and they're going to fail. Batteries, after a certain number of charges, don't hold a full charge and will begin to fail. Uh, again, the hard drives are going to fail, but a lot of those laptops have solid state drives now. And they get dropped, they get lost, and they get stolen. So the life expectancy of a laptop really should be about three years and then plan on it. I tell people it, go, it goes from being a laptop to a doorstop. <laughs> I, I do know places that can refurbish and repair them, and I recommend them. Uh, Computer Repair Doctor, Alex Garvin's company, is wonderful for that. And I send people there every day or at least every week. But you're going to reach a point at which you have diminishing returns. Now, is it true that you should, um, what, what's the story with the battery? Should you let it run all the way down or should you recharge it all the time? Or what's the deal with that? Most of the devices are pretty smart and they will not let you overcharge them. Phones and, and computer batteries and laptops. There are, I personally leave mine plugged in all the time when I'm not using it. Okay. And in that way it's just fully charged when I take it. But I know that there's a certain number of cycle up and down full charges that the battery will take. And at some point I need to replace the battery or it will just be only working for a few seconds. And that's the life of these lithium ion batteries. Mm. That's the world we live in again, unfortunately, that until we have the next battery technology that will have its own different issues. So that third little secret is that desktops really only last about five years. Oh. At five years, they don't become doorstops. They just become really less valuable because not just because those drives fails, but they've got fans inside them that are going to fail another spinning part. I've actually personally had multiple video cards fail in my lifetime. I just <laughs> from doing various things with them. It could be general use. It could be playing games. I admit it. What? Uh, are you the a gamer? capacitors. You're a gamer. I'm a gamer. <laughs> are you kidding? If I could make a living playing games, you wouldn't ever see me. I did not know. That. My kids know that too. So <laughs> yeah. there are little uh, little barrel shaped parts on the motherboards, the main system boards of these computers called capacitors, and those things can fail themselves. They can leak. They can pop. Um, and that actually goes back to something. Some of which what happened years ago. There was some uh, industrial espionage where one company stole the formula for the contents of the capacitors from another company and started manufacturing capacitors and selling them on the market. This is probably twenty years ago. Mm that were not, they didn't have the full formula and, and they sold, they undersold the market. So a lot of companies bought these, these failing capacitors. They worked initially and then there were tons of system boards that failed because the capacitors on them died. And it's, it's possible to replace a capacitor on a motherboard, but it doesn't necessarily make economic sense to replace the capacitor on a motherboard. You just replace the whole system. And even if there aren't any failures in those five years, the computer's, the technology still advances so rapidly that you are, you're looking at two to three generations of technology, and that could be four to eight times more capable than the old stuff that you're running. 
depending on what you're doing. So it's time to, to retool or at least consider retooling at five years with a desktop computer. It's sad, but true. Yes. I'm, I'm like Debbie Downer right now. So, okay. Well, well, I'll ask you my question after you give me number five. I got two more. So oh, you have two more. Okay. But you'll be surprised at how much less expensive or how much more money you get, or how much more value you get with a new machine than you were at, at five years. Okay. So it yeah, might I'm, cost the same days. I'm going to ask you after number five. So, all right. Uh, number four is that everyone is at risk of being hacked. We, you'd like to think you're not a target because you're a little guy. You're still at risk. And the reason is if somebody wants to and they're really technically savvy, they're going to find a way. And it's not necessarily that they're going to break into your email account or they're going to hack your computer through the Internet. It's they're going to call the company and pretend to be somebody else and capture a little bit of information and then leverage that information to take advantage of something else. Everyone can be socially engineered. I can be socially engineered. My parents, you know, they can be socially engineered. And, and no matter, it happens to older people a lot, unfortunately. They fall for a phishing email or they fall for a phone call that allow, they get somebody to remote into their computer or a pop-up from an ad. I hate these where uh, your machine's infected. This is Microsoft. Call this number. And it's some 800 number and you call it and somebody with an Indian voice says, oh, well, let us log into your computer. We're going to have you download a program. We'll fix the problem right now. And it costs you $500. And people fall for it all the time. I get a call every third week from somebody that took, up, took them up on that, on that call. Everybody can be taken advantage of. And it's when you think you can't be that you're more likely to be. I wondered about those pop-ups like that because they're... They're pretty annoying, but if you don't know any better, it's it's kind of scary when, when you're, you're doing something and it's like, oh my gosh, you have a virus. Really? What? There are some tools you can use. I use ad blockers, one called uBlock Origin, but that's that's a hint for another podcast. Mm -hmm. I'll go through those, those tools that you can it will help save you that are free. Uh, number five, you all hear about the cloud. The truth is there is no cloud. Cloud computing is just your information stored somewhere else on equipment you don't own at a location you may never know where it is. So if you don't control that information, who really does control it? And if you don't, if you don't know who's controlling the information, you need to learn this stuff. It means that you need to have a better understanding of computer security and uh, encryption. These are words that have to have some meaning to you. Because if you don't know where your data is, it's probably not secure. If you don't know, if you don't know how it's being stored, it's probably not secure. So, Jeff, now I'm I'm being a little silly here, but you mean there's no cloud like it's out there? Not a real thing. Cloud. It's, it's, cloud. When we say in the cloud, we're talking about some, so probably some Linux server uh, at some data center. Right. It could be anywhere in the world. It's probably somewhere in the U.S., but it could be anywhere. It's not the, the cloud is not one thing. It's a whole bunch of little things. And when we talk about the iCloud or OneDrive or Dropbox, those are all forms of cloud storage. They're just somebody's somebody else's computer with your information on it. Hopefully it's encrypted and locked down properly, but oftentimes it's not as secure as you might think it is. And if it's not configured properly, your data could be deleted from the cloud and that deletion could be deleted from your computer at the because you weren't managing your information properly. 
Wow. Okay. So I'm I'm going to ask my question now because I do not like how we live in this throwaway economy, right? Throw throwaway society. So what do you recommend people do with their laptop or their desktop every three to five years? What are you doing with that? I'm going to say what, what you hate hearing, and it's, that's a wonderful question because that's a question I love answering. What I do is I collect old equipment from people and I will securely erase the drives. I run a program that will erase them. And if it can't erase them and verify that they've been erased, I will then destroy the drives so that whatever is on them won't be recoverable. And then I take that old equipment and I turn it into a recycling center so it doesn't end up in a landfill. There are companies that will refurbish these machines and give them away. Uh, I live in Orange Village and on the first Friday of each month, they're at the Civic Center in Orange Village. They collect old equipment. And I just will gather this old equipment along with these erased drives and turn it into them so they can turn it into another organization that will then make sure that they don't end up in a landfill and can be reused somehow. There are other people I know that will collect <coughs> old equipment and they'll actually go through and recover the, the valuable metals that are in them. I haven't gone through that process. I understand that recovering gold requires working with things like arsenic and I have no interest in dealing with uh, deadly chemicals like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm a big believer in securely re- erasing the stuff and then turning it in for recycling. And I do it every month. Well, that's good news. Free. I love doing it. Okay, that's good news. Okay, that's okay. if you're listening and you, you are in our area, Northeast Ohio, then you know who to reach out to and you better not be throwing that laptop and that desktop in the trash, y'all. Don't do it. Can I talk a little more about what, what the consequences of these five things really are? Yes, absolutely. So it, what it means is that you need to not just think about what do you want to accomplish, but what are the risks that you're facing when you're using these tools? How, and you need to also think about how do you mitigate those risks when you know that you're working on something that's going to fail. It can be lost. It can be damaged. It can be uh taken from you because you didn't, you didn't protect yourself. You need to have a disaster plan when working with your equipment. You need to prepare for failure. You need to do that by finding some way to make your information redundant. That means backing it up somehow and having multiple backups, one of which could be in the cloud. Well, that's another discussion. It also means you have to continuously be learning about this stuff. You can't just rely on your old knowledge. The, the world is advancing. And what you thought was true might have been true then, but is no longer necessarily true. And at the very least, you should know what you have and where it is so that you can properly uh, back it up and learn how to restore it from that backup, or at least get somebody who can help you do that. Because all of your data can be lost. It can be deleted. You could get ransomware. You could make a mistake. And I don't want people to live with the regret of having lost their data. That's why I called my company Always Keep Computing. Mm. I want to help people always do that. See, so really, you just need a Jeff in your life because <laughs> that'll take care of everything. And really, what I hear you saying is you need to be proactive, which is, I mean, actually, that's true for most everything, right? But certainly for computers, although I think most people tend to just want to buy it and then forget about it. They're so magical. They just work until they don't. Yeah. And we forget they're so reliable that when they're not and that data's not available to you, if you left the house without your cell phone, 
would you know what where you had to be next or who you had to contact next? My calendar is on my phone. Mm-hmm. I the addresses that where I'm going are on my phone. I go back in the house and get my phone oh, so I know heck, where I have to be. Heck yeah, I drive back. I'm lost without without the phone. I don't know where I'm doing, where I'm going, what I'm doing, what time I'm supposed to be there, who I'm talking to. Yeah, I was just thinking about that earlier today. It's my little palm-held computer. It's my little electronic brain. And then it's great until it doesn't work. (laughs) At the other side of that, I can look at my calendar on my desktop computer from anywhere in the world because the calendar's copied to the cloud. Yes. My contacts are backed up in the cloud. I can access them. If my phone was lost or stolen, I can still get my data back. If, if my house burned down, I could still get my data back because the data's backed up. I don't want to ever have to test that, but if it was important, it's copied somewhere else. Love it. And it's not hard to expensive to do. That's what I've got. I love it. Thank you so much. That was great. Very, very helpful. Very informative. Uh, Tell us again, because people are going to need you, how they can reach out to you. Uh, My phone number is 216-373-7667. And my email is jeffhex, J-E-F-F-H-E-X at gmail.com. My companies always keep computing and I pull out my hair so you don't have to. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.